All right, we're recording. We're recording. Oh, okay. Yeah, so let's get started. Welcome to Election Profit Makers. Before we do anything else, John, we've got to redo this amazing comedy bit that you were doing right before I started recording here. Mm-hmm. So I noticed on the screen here that John is drinking out of a WUNC mug. Yeah. Let's try to recreate this instant classic comedy bit word for word. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you like North Carolina public radio comedy, you're in for a treat. Tonight, making their Tonight Show debut, we have the comedy stylings of Kid Midas and Long John Silver. Hi, John. Hey. Uh, say, are you drinking out of a WUNC mug? Yes. Do you remember that station? Of course. It's the local NPR affiliate in Chapel Hill. Uh, was. Wait, what do you mean? It went out of business like a few years ago. What's the local NPR station then? WCHL. Uh, the AM station is the NPR station? I'm just kidding. It didn't go out of business. It's still thriving. Classic comedy. We hope you all enjoyed that. Yeah, that was really not meant for other people. It was just, I know. It's, just it's, meant for me to pull your leg for a second. It was just a good old-fashioned Monday morning scenes. leg pull. Yeah. Well, it's election profit makers. You've made a wise consumer decision. You've uh, you've turned off your NPR affiliate and you've turned up your local podcast. And uh, my name's Dave, as you know, and I'm joined by Jojo Johnny. Hey. And uh, we're ready for another great episode. So let's get started. John, how are you? I'm great. I am wonderful. Remember when we did that comedy bit about w- you were trying to convince me that WUNC had gone out of business <laughs> yeah. and that the new NPR affiliate was WCHL? I should have kept going, honestly, but we had to start the podcast. It wouldn't have gone very long because every time I'm home visiting my parents and every time I borrow their Subaru to gallivant around town, when I turn on the radio, it's always locked. On WUNC right. or WCPE, the local classical station. Right. But I could have adjusted the bit Ooh. to make you think that I thought it. Very subtle adjustment of the bit. You're right. So you would be getting more and more frustrated at how stupid I am for believing that. And then I'd be like, psych. <laughs> <laughs> Note to any up-and-coming um, comedians who don't have the on-mic experience that John and I do. You always end a comedy bit by saying, psych. Yeah. That lets everybody know that you're having a goof. It gives <laughs> right. them permission to laugh, right? Uh-huh. If you've ever seen the classic uh, Abbott and Costello bit called Who's On First? Who's on first? I am. <laughs> you. You don't play baseball. No. Who? At the very end of that bit, after the 20 minutes of rapturous comedy... One of them turns to the camera and just goes, psych. And that's how you know. That's 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 how the bit <laughs> mm-hmm. ends. Oh, hell's bells. All right, let's do the show. Word on the street is that you lost big, big money on a Biden approval market for January 7th. What you were doing in a Biden approval market with your experience with polling and tracking polling, I have no idea. Oh, friends, I wish I could say this is a comedy bit, but unfortunately, it's it's all too real. Sometime last week, as I was reflecting on all the promise and peril of this new year, 2022, I realized that Election Profit Makers is at least nominally a podcast about placing bets on predicted.org. Remember that podcast that yeah. used to be about before it was about ransacking bets? ancient arrowheads? Yeah, right. exactly. Before it was about archaeological crimes and effects pedals. <laughs> I said, 
let me get back into predicted on in 2022. That'd be a nice, healthy New Year's resolution. Yeah. So I went on to predict it and I said, oh, a Biden approval market. John always liked to play the Trump approval markets. Maybe I'll play a Biden approval market. That'll generate some fun content and maybe some money for me. Kid might is the original wave rider. I don't know anything about presidential approval markets. I said, let me just see the one that everyone's putting their money into and I'll just invest in that one. Yeah, it's a good strategy, right? It's called the wisdom of crowds. There's a guy named James Sarecki. He wrote, he wrote a whole book about it, about yeah. how nothing, no genius on earth is smarter than a bunch of people, a crowd. So I said, I'm going to apply the wisdom of crowds. So I went on to the approval markets market and the leading bracket, I think it was B4. They said that on January 7th, Biden's approval would be between 42.4% and 42.6%. That was priced at about 33 cents. Nothing else was close. I said, that's it. All in on this bracket. Wait a minute. What? It was at 33 cents, meaning that if that were the actual odds, that there was a 67% chance that it would be another bracket. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I didn't really think about it in my mind the way you just described it. How long have we been doing this? The way I thought about it in my mind was, oh, 33 cents. That's like 10 cents more than the next leading bracket. So that's that means it's going to come true. That's mm -hmm. just how, that's that was how my mind works. All right. I'm more of a creative thinker. Right. I'm more of a right, right brain person. All right. Yeah. So I put a bunch of money in, man, and then instantly it dropped. And I sold. I got right back out. By the time it had dropped like more than 10 cents, it was like at 22 cents. I, but then, you know, of course I had the bug. I was like, I'm not done riding this wave. Let me get back on my board. Let me have one last trip. The new leading bracket was the next one. 42.7% to 42.9% approval rating. Mm -hmm. That was at 59 cents, John. So that means according to your logic, it was better than a coin flip. So yeah. I put I bought 200 shares at 59 cents. Can you believe this? This is so out of character for me. That's like $100. Yeah, John. Yeah, it's like $100. And if you More know me, you know I don't have $100 to be thrown around willy-nilly at these damn brackets. But 2022 is all about pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone and doing things that we're not usually comfortable doing. You know, like this weekend I burgled a house. Okay, that's not really my style, but I did it to, to you know, you have to push the envelope sometimes. Yeah. At 59 cents, I thought this is a sure thing because 59 is a huge number relative to 100 and no other bracket was close. And I figured this must be 59 cents because of the wisdom of crowds. These are people who are doing their research, going into John Kimball mode, staying up all night, waiting for the new polls to drop, factoring that into the real clear politics average of approval ratings. 59 cents is free money. This is a sure thing. And guess what, John? It was not. And I lost more than $100. And when I went, when I logged back in a few days later to see all my winnings, I was so confused. Like, what does this say? Payout $0? Wait a minute. You invested and then left it? See, it may have been a 59% chance, which, by the way, is not 100%. Still means there's a 41% chance that it's not going to happen. But it may very well have been 59% at that moment, and then it changed with new information, obviously, that came in. You can't, you have to, that's why these markets, these particular polling markets, you have to be on top of them all the time. I'm talking, you're taking five hour energy. You're just, I mean, you're doing everything to stay on top of it.
It's not healthy. But you can't just leave it hanging out there unless you're doing negative risk, in which case you can't lose. I wasn't doing negative risk. I was doing the, what I call 59 cents equals 100, basically, a.k.a. Right. wisdom of crowds. Yeah, we did that in 2016 with the 80% equals 100 with Hillary Clinton. I just figured that approval ratings, there would be different dynamics at play because that market is priced entirely based on people's own research. It's not, there's nothing extrinsic to the market that would, that would affect the pricing. So I would never tell you to invest in a market that was over 90 cents, but that's probably a better bet. Yeah, but at 57, 59% is a much bigger return. So I thought that was a much smarter investment. Yeah. It sounds yeah. so dumb when I say it out loud. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, that was good. We, um, one of us was on predicted. So there you have it, friends. The first big law. I took my first bath, we can say. I took, baby had his first bath of the new year, 2022. Yeah. Baby is sparkling clean now. Baby's bottom is nice and shiny and soft because baby took a big ass bath. So thanks for nothing, wisdom of crowds. Just get back in there. That's what you need to do. Maybe not. Maybe don't invest so much. It's kind of funny, this book, The Wisdom of Crowds, that led me astray. Maybe it would have been a better book if it had actually been written by a crowd. Maybe the, That's good. Maybe then the book would be called, Oh, uh, we actually don't know what we're doing. It's just a lot of us. The dumbness of crowds. Don't they say that a bunch of chimpanzees can write a novel? They say that every day. What they say is if you gave an infinite number of monkeys an infinite number of typewriters, eventually they would write all the works of William Shakespeare. I'm not yeah. really actually sure that's true. Sounds true. Yeah, but there's no law that says they have to do that. Maybe they write every work of Shakespeare except, like, how can I, how can I express this in a way that will delight our listeners? My guess is if they wrote one, they could probably write others. But the, what they're saying is that it's the nature of, inf, of infinity and randomness that eventually you'll have every possible result. Isn't that kind of yeah. what the Matrix is about, this new Matrix? About infinity? I, I don't know. I gave up on that movie. I tried twice. Couldn't get through it. Apologies to all my Matrix heads out there. All right. Enough. Enough. We're going too far afield into theoretical physics and the nature of Shakespeare. I'll say. Oh, neither a borrower nor a lender be. Let that be our watchword in 2022, John, as, as uttered by the character Polonius in the immortal uh, Shakespeare play called uh, Macbeth. No. Yes. Mac no, Hamlet. Mm -hmm. Hamlet. Hamlet. Polonius sticks his head out from behind a curtain and says, Excuse me, young man. Neither a borrower nor a lender be. All right, next up, we need to talk about our 2022 bingo cards. Oh, yes. The bingo buddies have logged on. You know, this was this is hard. This, this, yeah, I always say that. I always say this is hard. The um, bingo card thing is really taxing your mind, John. It is. I, I know. And I think I understand why. Your bread and butter is, is trying to come up with, is, your bread and butter is trying to predict things that are actually going to happen. Because for years, your primary source of income was predicted.org. <laughs> so you didn't have time to play around or be ironic or fun or anything like that. You really wanted to figure out what was going to happen. Right. So what I'm doing right now is I'm trying to, to couch these in a certain language to make it look like it's outrageous. Oh, God. I mean, no, John, no. 
I know. I know. I keep finding myself cheating a little bit. The point of these bingo cards. Did I use that word right? Couch? Couching it? You did a great job. Yep. You used it perfectly. Yeah. These bingo cards are not supposed to reflect are not supposed to reflect outcomes that are high probability outcomes. I know. All right. It's not your predicted portfolio. No, they need to be ridiculous. They need to be jokes. They need to be funny jokes. Well, they right, but they need to be convoluted low probability events that should they happen you can triumphantly announce when someone else says, I didn't have such and such and such on my 2022 bingo card. That's when you bust your head through the door and say, actually, I literally did have such and such and such on my 2022 bingo card. Do you understand it now, John? Yes, I've, I've understood it the entire time. What? Part of me, Have part you been of me pulling wants- my... Part of me wants to win. So low, uh, an example of a low probability event would be Donald Trump coming out and apologizing for inciting the riot at the Capitol. You, people would definitely say, I did not have Donald Trump apologizing for inciting the riot at the Capitol on my 2022 bingo card. I don't know if that's a good, a good one to have on there, but that's just an example, right? Ideally, it would be even more convoluted. Okay, how about um, there's usually a sense of like an escalating snowballing uh, moment of, of absurdity. Actually, we did have something that occurred this week in the news that well, it would have been perfect. Oh, yeah, for you're right. You're right. Our 2022 bingo card. It yeah. has that bingo card flavor of like smashing random things in the zeitgeist together into a single right. square on your bingo card. John, why don't you explain this? This is the first. I would say this is the first bingo moment of 2022. So you're right. Yeah. So Nancy Pelosi. This is so incredible. Nancy Pelosi had the cast of Hamilton sing a song via Zoom at the January 6th commemoration. Now go through it again, and I'm going to say ding every time a bingo. Okay. A, a bingo style moment happens in this. In okay. This so here's setup. what happened this week. Nancy okay. Pelosi ding. had the. Cast of Hamilton Ding. sing a song via Zoom Ding. at the January 6th commemoration. Uh, ding. That's ding, 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 ding. That's four dings. That's a bingo card moment, right? That's a four dinger right there. One of the listeners wrote in and did uh, X and Y axis things for his bingo card. Right. Doug, listener Doug, did something that I think he was the only person to do this, and I'm going to steal this idea, Doug. It's a very great way to organize your bingo card. He organized his columns and rows according to theme. So every column had a column header, right? AOC, guitar pedals, North. he had New York City skyline, COVID, predict it. And then the rows had their own categories. His were me, Joe Biden, Bitcoin, Marijuana legalization in Madison Cawthorn. And so then for every square where they intersect, you knew what elements to combine. This is a way to generate ideas for your bingo cards. Doug, we salute you. What a terrific idea. So here's an example of Doug's bingo card. At the intersection of guitar pedals and legalized marijuana, his bingo card moment was a new bong will be released to smoke marijuana through a reverb pedal to make a badass sound. That's good. Now, that's a very interesting sentence just on the level of language. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. It's also probably, I would say, a low probability event. So it qualifies as a bingo event. 
On the other hand, it could happen with these crazy kids today, right? Yeah. So I think Doug Doug's locked in on this bingo card stuff. So here's what I happened. I had some crazy things that I wrote down, and then I looked at the XY thing that he had done, and so I was just trying to reverse engineer my predictions. Like if you had had Nancy Pelosi uh, that prediction that that with her with Hamilton this week, you, you might have on the X uh, X category, you might have Nancy Pelosi. And then on the Y axis, you might have Hamilton. So, right. Yep. And then they come together. And if you had to come up with an event that satisfied Nancy Pelosi and Hamilton, you could do a lot worse than Nancy Pelosi makes everybody watch a Zoom recording of all the Hamilton people singing a song as part of the January 6th. <laughs> These people stormed the Capitol and tried to kill all the politicians. Right. What is Nancy Pelosi hoping to accomplish by making everybody listen to a song from Hamilton? I got to say, that's one of those things where it's like, like, is somebody doing a bit? Is this a bit about, is this a bit about feckless Democratic politicians? Like, what is this? Even my parents, who we've established are huge cultural snobs, even my parents would be like, why are we watching a musical right now? I thought we were trying to arrest some of these motherfuckers, not enlighten them with some middle brow pop culture. Like, <laughs> Hamilton, why? <laughs> oh, it should have been like, at least do something really crazy. Like, make it from that one musical about everybody peeing all over the place. You're in town. Remember when there was a musical called You're in Town? Uh, no. It was like the pee tape of musicals. There really was a, it was a musical and it was about, it was either a city that had no toilets or a city that had nothing but toilets. And it was a real musical. It was called You're in Town. Oh, what if Nancy Pelosi had done that? Oh my gosh. What a coulda, shoulda. Nancy Pelosi, what a lost opportunity. Instead, you made everybody listen to some song from Hamilton called Theodosia. Um, it's called Dear Theodosia. Right, right. I assume it's an epistolary song. Now, have you ever seen Was Hamilton? there really a play called You're in Town? Yeah, it was a, I think it was a musical. It was called You're in Town. It was one was word, You're in Town. Did you ever see Hamilton, though? I've seen uh, bits and pieces of, of it on uh, TV. I listened to it once all the way through, and I mean, I'm not going to lie. I really liked it. I was really yeah, moved good. by it. But I don't remember this song, Dear Theodosia. Is it about an insurrection? I don't know. Dear Theodosia, we caught you on videotape beating a cop to death with an American flag. You're going to be indicted, and then we're going to roll you up, and you're going to indict some co-conspirators above you, up to and including the President of the United States. What? Trump? Oh, you got to jump? You're going to jump in jail with that big-ass bump on your back? Your fat butt's going to be in prison. You should have done a better job, and you should have listened. When they told you not to incite an insurrection, you should have pretended that you have a UTI infection, because now you're going to jail like a big-ass bum. Too bad, little fella. We're no longer chums. Maybe that's what Dear Theodosia is about. Yeah, that's But I kind of feel it's like one of these corny-ass Lin-Manuel Miranda things where it's like, Dear Theodosia, I'm so excited about democracy. Everyone can have a voice and be represented. And also, you look so cute in your petticoat. Maybe we should pull it up and take a look at it. Yeah, let's see what it's about. That's a good idea. I'm gonna, I wonder if it has cuss words in it. Oh, You're I gotta th- watch this commercial. I have to say, between, between, between Nancy Pelosi defending the sacred right of 
representatives and senators to be able to trade stocks and then drop on a Hamilton Zoom call on everybody. It's not, this hasn't been a great couple months for Nancy Pelosi, I have to say. All right. Dear Theodosia. Dear Theodosia, what to say to you? Oh, God. <laughs> All right. No. No. He's singing about how she has his mother. Oh, no. Wow. Wow. Okay. So. Nancy Pelosi has given us the inspiration that we need to complete our 2022 bingo card. She has given us just an incredible bingo card moment with this Hamilton thing. So, John, I haven't finished my bingo card yet, but I have developed my axes. Would you like to hear them? Uh, Yes, I would like to hear them. My column headings are going to be COVID, which obviously is evergreen. I have that one as well. Pedals personal interest of mine. North Carolina politics, because that comp- that gives me Madison Cawthorn, that gives me Clay Aiken, mm-hmm. that gives me Roy Cooper, you know, that gives me a lot of stuff. Right. MAGA, which stands for Make America Great Again. I can use that as an umbrella for any Trump or GOP adjacent Ooh, that's things. That's a good one. And then the topic that I know the most about because of where I live and who I work with, Hollywood, as in the entertainment capital of the world. And then my rose will be Nancy Pelosi, Elon Musk, who is evergreen like COVID, Liz Cheney, because she was the I think she was the only Republican to show up at this January 6th thing, along with her wonderful father, Dick Cheney. Always love to see him back in the halls of power being feted by Democrats. Jeff Bezos, the CEO of Amazon, a hugely popular online bookseller. And then AOC, which I stole from Doug. AOC will kind of give me all the space for progressive. Politics. You have a, so basically themes, and then in, and then in in your columns, you have just people. Exactly, you picked up on that. That was very deliberate. Yeah, it's going to be a theme people mix match smorgasbord. In my rows, I have media, animals. Oh, that's nice. Dirt, uh-huh. entertainment, and COVID. And in my columns, I have politics. Me, technology, North Carolina, and I don't really I have another one yet. I was thinking space, but I, I don't know. Space works. I mean, you're dealing yeah. with some high altitude concepts here. Yeah, I, I, maybe they're too broad. See, I thought if they were broad enough that I could come, I could. It gives you a lot of space to. It's a big sandbox to play right. in. And dirt can be, mean an, an, a number of things. I mean, I would you know? love to see the intersection of politics and dirt, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By next week, if all goes well, I'll have a complete 2022 bingo card to share with everybody. You going to have it dry mounted? I'm not going to have it dry mounted because I'm going to want it to be portable because I'm going to need to roll it up and put it in my pocket so that I always have it on me in case there's breaking news I can immediately check my bingo card. Right. You could take a picture of it. I don't want to though. I want to have the real bingo card with me. I find holding a bingo card very comforting. Okay. Bad boys of the week. Everybody get ready. Yeah yeah. Everybody have fun. Party party. It's bad boys of the week. Let's get it popping. Bad boys are number one. Bad boys of the week. 
Oh my gosh, there's always so many to choose from, and some of them are always the same. But this first one is a guy by the name of David Bateman. He's the CEO of a company called Intrada that does like property management software in Colorado. And it's like one of the biggest tech firms in what they call the Silicon Slopes, which is very cool. Um, (laughs) David Bateman is on the list this week because he sent out an email to his other fellow Silicon Slope um, CEOs claiming that the COVID vaccine was an extermination plot by the Jews. Okay, so he sent this email at 4.59 a.m. local time. That's never a good sign. Yeah, exactly. If you ever get an email from anybody and the timestamp is five in the morning, their time, just delete. Just That's an automatic delete right there. They, there's nothing in that email that you need to read. You know what I mean? I'm, and I'm speaking from personal experience. Yeah. Getting a yeah. man sending them. Anything after 10 p.m. your time, mm-mm, that's not an email that's meant to be shared. No. That was somebody writing in their diary and then thinking the whole world needs to hear about it. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So this he was an anti he was anti-mandatory vac- vaccination. He's a little more than that apparently. Oh, you think? I write this email knowing that many of you will think I'm crazy after reading it. Uh-huh. For 300 years the Jews have been trying to infiltrate the Catholic Church to place a Jew covertly at the top. Uh-huh. I believe the pandemic and systemic extermination of billions of people will lead to an effort to consolidate all the countries in the world under a single flag with totalitarian rule. What? Everything is being expertly censored. So here's my question. This is insane to believe. But if you do believe this, like there's some insane things that I believe, not about like the Jews and extermination or whatever, but I've had some thoughts that are insane. But I know that others will know will think I'm insane if I voice them. So how how does this is it is it because he was just so inebriated? That he thought, oh, these guys will be down with that. I mean, it feels like he could have been hitting the slopes and the silicon slopes, the slopes of snow, a.k.a. cocaine, the famous yeah. drug that makes you act out and be crazy. Yeah. Right? Does cocaine make you delusional? I don't know much about cocaine, actually. To tell yeah. You the I'd like to learn. But I think um, <laughs> I, <laughs> that made me very excited. The way you said that made me very yeah. excited for the coming year. Um <laughs> Let's make 2022, John, the year that we learn so much about cocaine. Okay. Because okay? <laughs> okay. the people I know who do it, they speak uh-huh. very highly of it. Right. Yeah. Right. It seems yeah. like a lot of fun. And it seems like if you do have crazy ideas, you're going to you're gonna corner people at a party and tell them about your crazy ideas until they get really excited. And they're like, I love this conversation. Uh, right. I'm so happy you've cornered me in this hallway. Yeah, it's a good way to start gaining, I hear. So maybe this guy was on drugs, or maybe he had maybe he forgot to take maybe he took either medicine he shouldn't have taken or forgot to take medicine he should take, or maybe he's just a delusional asshole who, like a lot of people in the tech world, it's been years since anybody told them no, or you're fucking dumb. And so he's just riding the wave of what he's feeling. I mean, anti-Semitism is you know, that's a high, that's the ultimate high. Yeah, it's a classic. It's a classic high for some people. You don't have to be mentally ill or high on drugs to get high on the supply of, of anti-Semitism. <laughs> it explains everything, right? So how's he doing now? He's gaining. Oh, okay. He's still the CEO and everyone's happy with him, yeah. So he got canceled. 
Cancel culture is real. That's part of the plan, along with putting a Jew as the head of the cap. I don't understand that. What are they going to do when the Jewish people put a covert Jew, an undercover Jewish person becomes the head of the Catholic Church? What do they do? Just disband it? Like shut it down? Or do they slowly change all the Catholic teachings to be Jewish teachings? I don't know. Oh, I forgot to mention, this guy thinks this has already happened. The Jews have placed a covert Jewish person at the head of the Catholic Church, and that Jew is Pope Francis. This guy thinks Pope Francis is a Jew. So obviously, this has to do with of equating Jewishness with a sort of insidious religious progressivism that will undermine the strict teaching of the Catholic Church. Hmm. You know, you know, Mel Gibson is gonna is gonna single handedly fund this guy's GoFundMe. This guy will be a producer on Mel Gibson's next movie. I can't believe Mel Gibson is gonna be in this new fucking John Wick movie. Have we talked about this before? No. Everyone loves Keanu Reeves so much, and I saw him at a restaurant out here in L.A. and I was genuinely starstruck. Wait, why is Keanu Reeves putting up with fucking Mel Gibson being in the next John Wick movie? I thought cancel culture was real. Like I thought we did it. I thought we canceled Mel Gibson. We didn't cancel shit. This guy's going to be in like one of the hottest franchises there is. Explain that to me, John, Mr. Hollywood. I, do, I can't. I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything about Hollywood. Why are they? I can't believe they're even doing that from a cynical business decision. I, I don't know. It should I don't have know. been on my fucking bingo card. If we had made 2021 bingo cards, Mel Gibson and Keanu Reeves co-starring in a John Wick movie, that's bingo card material because that's yeah. fucking nuts. Yeah. Mel Gibson's still walking around being whatever movie he wants to be in. That's crazy to me. Mel Gibson. You heard some of the things this guy has said? This guy's a fucking fanatic. A hateful fanatic. Yeah, he is. Anyway. He should. Yeah, he shouldn't. I feel very strongly that he should not be in that movie. Fucking John Wick movies. You know what? I'm going to say something else, and I don't care if we lose all our listeners. Those are the most overrated movies I've ever fucking seen. I watched okay. the first one, and I said, not a moment, not a moment more. I'm so tired of guys running around, jumping through the space, flipping through the air, shooting guns, acting like it's cool. Guns are so fucking played out and lame. I'm so fucking bored with guns. <laughs> Guns are the laziest thing you can do in pop culture. Yeah. Fuck all guns. And I'm not just saying this because I think like, oh, a kid watches John Wick and then they go shoot up a school. I mean, I do think there is something to that, but I don't think it's like, I don't think it's that cut and dry. But the fact that it's fucking the 2020s and people are still getting excited about Keanu Reeves jumping around and, and shooting pistols, fucking pistols, shooting bullets out of pistols like it's fucking 1836. We're still doing this? <laughs> oh, you don't understand. It's this new kind of action. It's called gung. It's called gun fu, where it's kung fu with guns. I don't give two fucks about that. It's Wait, so played you, out. That is so just, fucking washed. Did you did you just make that up? No, you don't get it. He's wearing a black shirt and a black necktie. He looks like a clothing model, but he's shooting people in the face with guns. Fuck you. Now I wish I would see Keanu Reeves at a restaurant again. Oh my God, the night I was out with my friends and we were at a restaurant, we saw Keanu Reeves. He looked so handsome and so tall and he was wearing like a real motorcycle jacket because he was going to drive home on his motorcycle. I wish I would see Tom Cruise again. I would say Tom, no, not Tom Cruise, Keanu Reeves. What am I talking about? <laughs> Keanu Reeves, Keanu Reeves. Tom Cruise can do whatever he wants. He can shoot as many guns as he wants. Tom Cruise is the greatest of all time. I'm talking here to Keanu Reeves. I would walk up to him and I would say, Keanu, what the fuck are you doing? You've been shooting guns in movies for 30 years, bruh. 
okay, sometimes you can duck under a bullet as it goes, but you and then you shoot back and then they duck under your bullet and blah, 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 computer code, computer code. We're all in a matrix. We're living in a TV show, whatever. It's 30 years later and now you're making these John Wick movies and you're still shooting these goddamn fucking guns? What the fuck, man? Pick up a sword for once. Pick up a stick. <laughs> Bonk somebody on the head with a bowling ball. God damn. And now you got Mel Gibson It's going to come out and shoot guns with you? Oh, we might have to cancel Keanu Reeves. I mean, it grieves me to say that. It grieves me to say that. I think Keanu Reeves is so charming and handsome. But we might have to cancel this. We might have to cancel this fella. I'm sorry, man. And this fucking Matrix movie, I tried. I tried. I tried. Over and over and over again, I tried. Press play. Get confused. Get frustrated. Turn it off. Wait a night. Make another batch of popcorn. Press play. Get confused. Get frustrated. Turn it off. Oh, Keanu Reeves. How the mighty have fallen. Oh. Anyway, let's get back to Bad Boys of the Week. Party, party. Next up on the list for Bad Boys of the Week uh, is a compilation of GOP politicians who used the January 6th anniversary as an opportunity to cast doubt on the facts yeah. of the day. Yeah. So the first pairing is Representatives Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene, who held a press conference uh, to basically say that MAGA was not involved in the events of the day or that it, the MAGA people had gotten tricked. Gates said at the press conference after he first complained that the room was too small because Nancy Pelosi had given it to them. So if they all got COVID, it was her fault. Uh, after he did that, he said. Uh, I have it right here. Yeah. He said, um, my plan this morning was to speak against the um, polarization and politicization of this January 6th commission and investigation. However, mm. I've just been profoundly moved by what I saw on a Zoom call. It was the cast of Hamilton singing a song called Dear Theodosia. I now reconsider all my priors. I respectfully apologize to Speaker Pelosi and all uh, my members across the aisle. I hope that like Alexander Hamilton, we can put the past behind us, come together for a brighter future. I hereby resign from Congress. Put that on your bingo card. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Thanks. Oh, I forgot to say one little thing. Psych. <laughs> now oh, yeah. it's a joke. So instead, he said, we are here to expose the truth and ask key questions about the extent to which the federal government was involved. Then he said, January 6th was not an insurrection, but there may very well have been a fed-surrection. New word alert. Ding dong, ding dong. Yes, this is a reference to a right-wing conspiracy theory that claims that a member of the Oath Keepers militia— this guy named Ryan Epps, who actually led the charge on the Capitol, was somehow working for the FBI or the deep state and and tried to incite all these MAGA people uh, to destroy the MAGA movement. Cool. Cool. Let's get it popping. Next on the list for bad boys is another pair of politicians. These are state senators. Uh, we have Oklahoma State Senator Nathan Dom and 
Arizona State Senator Wendy Rogers. Now, explain who these people are, because I've never heard of either of these people. Okay, so Wendy Rogers, again, the Arizona State Senator, who is herself an actual member of the Oath Keepers. Oh, that's nice. She sent out a tweet that said, First, they said we clung to our guns or religion. Then they called us deplorables and irredeemables. I don't know if they called anyone was called irredeemable. It scans better. She's thinking with a poet's mind. Right. Then they called us insurrectionists. Enough of the gaslighting from the satanic communists. Oh, hello. Who are the real insurrectionists who need Jesus. Oh, that escalated quickly. Turn from your wicked ways, commies. Yeah, that's pretty impressive, right? Yeah. That's pretty bad boy behavior. The thing is, it was just a tweet. There wasn't really anything more behind it, which yeah. is why this other guy is on the list with her. Again, a state senator from Oklahoma, Nathan Dom, takes it a step further. Senator Dom has introduced actual legislation to fight back against the feds prosecuting and investigating January 6th. Senator Dom statement was January 6th was not an insurrection, no matter how much the fake news media pushes that narrative, but the citizens being held and detained because of it are political prisoners. That's why I filed the Prohibition and Political Prisoners in Oklahoma Act. This bill would prohibit access to the feds for transporting any political prisoners through Oklahoma airspace. Oh, he's blocking off the airspace. Yeah. Okay, I like that. That's going to foul them up when you think about it. If they can't fly over Oklahoma. Yeah, but you know what they could do? They could get Elon Musk to build one of his super tunnels, and they could go under Oklahoma. Uh, what if they did Did that? you see that video of um, the Las Vegas Hyperloop Tunnel? That yeah. Elon Musk built that was not supposed to have traffic jams and was supposed to be efficient. And uh, <laughs> it was for, it was working pretty well. Wait, is this a recent video? Oh, my God, dude. Are you even online anymore? No, I, I do. What do you do? Walk now. in the woods and look for arrowheads all day? What happened to online so, John? I don't um, I mean, I like it. It's good. You know, it's, it's I, I'm you know, it's like I don't want to be one of those people who's like, man, I'm glad you're getting sober. But like you were a lot more fun when you were drinking all the time. Yeah. But like, you're not, you don't know, you haven't seen this video. So Elon Musk, he like, built this tunnel. It was, he got paid like $50 million from Las Vegas to connect some convention centers with a tunnel yeah. that would be driven by, it would take, there were cars that would go in the tunnel. They would be self-driving yeah. Elon Musk cars. They're yeah. Called I've seen the tunnel before. It's pretty, okay. it's a tiny little tunnel. And it's supposed to be tunnel. so smooth and the contract guaranteed a minimum. It was like 4,000 passengers per hour. Right. It's got Never, like it was going to be lights. smooth and it was going to work and it was going to be great. And some passenger was in the car and he posted a video of them rounding the bend and the driver of the Tesla being like, oh, this isn't supposed to happen. And there's a total backup in the tunnel. This is a tunnel. This is a this is a tunnel with no escape. I was I was getting hives watching this video. There's no walkway along. There's no access walkway along the side of the tunnel. Ugh. There's doesn't seem to be any emergency door for ingress or egress in case of exploding or yeah, that's cars. Scary. You're just in a. It's like being in a toothpaste tube. Ugh. Backed up in a toothpaste tube. Well, send that to me. I'd like to watch that. I don't want to though because I don't want to enable you. I like the new offline John. Offline John okay. is out in the woods discovering his heritage and looking around and stuff. You know, breathing in lungfuls of that wonderful loblolly pine scented air of of Orange County, North Carolina. 
Mm -hmm. Let Davy be the one on the sofa turning into a gelatinous mass hitting refresh on social media looking for the latest new viral videos about Elon Musk. Let me let me make that sacrifice for you, okay? Why don't we take turns? I, because I, I don't think it's good for us both to be doing it. You know, one I mean, some weeks time. you do it, some weeks okay. I do it. So this was my week. This was my week. Yeah. Okay, so who, who, who do we think is the bad boy of the week? The state senators with their crazy tweets and crazy legislation, Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene with the coining of Fred's erection. Uh, <laughs> or David or Bateman. Dave Bateman. I don't think it's David Bateman because I don't think David Bateman was trying to be fun and having a little fun being a little stinker bad boy. I don't think there was any component of that kind of shit-eating grin to it. So I disqualify him. Okay. Same for Wendy Roger and Nathan Dom. I think these two state senators are sincere believers in what they're talking about. They're not trying to own the libs or rile them up. They're speaking directly and sincerely to their base, and they're both uh, dumb, hateful people. Right, right. That leaves Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene. Marjorie Taylor Greene, I do think, is a little, a little, she has some self-knowledge. I think she's aware of what she's doing in a way that those state senators are not. I could be wrong. And Matt, Matt Gates definitely is. Knows what's up. And Fedsurrection just rolls off the tongue. I mean, that's such a wonderful word. Right. I mean, I hate to say it. I guess we have to give it to Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene. Are we tracking these? I mean, I feel like they, they've... I feel like, I feel like they're winning a lot. Yeah. We might, our imaginations might be too bounded by, by current events. Maybe we have to cast a wider net for bad boys of the week. Okay. Because it does feel kind of anticlimactic. I think we gave it to Marjorie Taylor Greene like last week. Well, maybe we don't do it every week. Yeah, we don't we have to do it every week. could just be bad right, boys yeah. of this particular week. Yeah. Do you want to cut all that? We don't even have to put it in the episode. Uh, we could. Steven writes in, Hi, David. I make glitchy electronic music, mostly with the help of three hardware synths and a bunch of software synths. I don't use any external effects now, and I'm happy enough with how I can affect sound using plugins in Ableton. But I've been wasting a lot of time drooling over YouTube videos of Hologram's Infinite Jets Wreath Synthesizer pedal. A very musical friend said this pedal wouldn't sound good with a synth as an input. He told me it really wants to hook into the dynamics and harmonics of a stringed instrument. I want him to be wrong so I can give myself permission to buy it. If he's right, though, maybe this is my excuse to buy my first guitar, a J. Mascus Fender Jazzmaster. You have a lot of experience, David, with the synths going into guitar pedals. What do you think? Is my friend right? Would this pedal not agree with a synth? I think you should buy this pedal. Because it's obvious that it's captured your imagination, and that makes me think you'd be very invested in learning how to use it as a tool to expand your creativity. And as we've talked about before, that's one of the many delights that a pedal can offer. Not to help you realize a sound in your mind, but to help you uncover and discover new sounds, never before conceived by your paltry imagination. So I say yes, you should definitely buy this pedal, and I've seen... The video that you've sent before, it is, of course, for all the pedal heads, no surprise, he sent me a link to a Knobs video. Knobs is the Wes Anderson of pedal demonstration videos. 
And I've seen this pedal in all kinds of Instagram posts where people have a little potted plant in the corner of the frame and then they have a tape recorder playing a loop or they have a little low bit synthesizer and then it goes through this incredible pedal and it comes out sounding wonderful. This is one of those pedals, the Hologram Infinite Jets. It's so complicated. It is, it is almost like having a, a, a Eurorack synthesizer module. Like it's, It feels like it blurs the line between being a an effect and an instrument. But listen, man, this thing, you're, you're, if you're spending hours watching YouTube videos of this pedal, yes, you need to go buy this pedal. And you can start with the synth and see if you can have fun with it. And then if your friend is right and it needs the dynamic subtleties and the attack and, you know, that you can get with a stringed instrument, then yeah, of course you go buy a guitar. And of course you buy the J Mascus signature Fender Jazzmaster. Of course you do. We got to give love to Dinosaur Jr. at all times, John, right? Right. Matthias writes in, as a longtime EPM listener who also happens to be an archaeologist, I'm glad that you, John, are turning your talent of obsession with random minutiae into archaeology. It turns out our collective past can be at least as interesting as skylines or skyscraper height regulations. That's a pretty high bar, Matthias, but okay. <laughs> Let me start with the most important information. John, you could absolutely carbon date a 200-year-old Casio keyboard. Do you want to explain the context for why he wrote that extraordinary sentence? Yeah, I think he's referring to a couple episodes ago where you said you were hoping that you would find a a 200-year-old Casio keyboard in the dirt. Mm -hmm. And then you were going to make a movie or something. The movie was going to be called The Mysterious Keyboard. Right. And then I said, there's no way you would know how old it is because you can't carbon date that specific right and matthias says the carbon curve extends all the way into the 20th century indeed there are special curves that account for the change in atmospheric isotopes that open air atomic explosions introduced into Uh, the atmosphere that's that's awesome that's some science shit right there yeah he says you couldn't date the keyboard to the month, of course, but within a few decades, you absolutely could. Very he says cool. there are other problems, of course, but the main one is that you can only carbon date organic materials, not plastic. Of course, if you're lucky, you might find charcoal in the same layer as the keyboard, for instance, and you could date that instead, and that would give you the, the age of the keyboard. Yeah. You have to find it in situ. Then he goes on to talk about fish weirs, but we're done with fish weirs. We're on to carbon dating keyboards. So there you go, John. You've been corrected. We could carbon date the keyboard. Thank you. That's Matthias. pretty cool. I hope I'm saying your name. I right. wonder if you could carbon date stone. I don't think you can. Well, is this gonna be your fucking stone thing that we fought about? All I weekend? think you know you have to find these things like stratified in the ground at a particular level, and if they're below something that you can date perhaps a particular tool that we know was made in a particular era, and then you find something below that, you would know that it was older. But a lot of the artifacts that people find around here are in, you know, washed out, uh, eroded areas or in fields and things like that, and they're not in any type of context. So I think they're hard to date. Which brings me... If you'll indulge me for a moment. Uh-huh. This weekend, I went over to my friend Mike's house. My friend and, and yours. Mike has he's moved to this house, and he always has me coming over raking leaves and moving rocks and 
looking at the wiring in the ground and whatever landscaping he's involved in. Are you he's his doing handyman? A t- did, did he feel, trick you into being his handyman? I kind of feel like I am. Is he paying you? No, he's not. Mike, but, what? Bruh. Okay. So this time was more of a social call. I just came over and Mike and I, but we still ended up out there. He didn't have me moving anything. But I noticed something interesting right beside the back door of Mike's house. There was a pile of rocks. And I looked down and I was like, oh, this is an interesting pile of rocks. Did you put these here? And he said, no, the previous owners put them here. And I said, well, a lot of these look like they might be worked stone, you know, like quartz and things like that. I don't, I don't see, there's no like arrowheads or anything. What does worked stone mean? St- you know, stone that had been flaked off, you know, intentionally broken, fractured, you know, somebody was banging these rocks together. Most of them didn't look like anything, but just debris. One of the rocks, though, did look very familiar to me, and it looked like it might be some kind of implement that was made by humans thousands of years ago. And I picked it up, and I said, Mike, this is something right here. I really believe that this rock is something, and Mike told me I was crazy, and it was just a rock. Uh, But he said I could have it. Mike gave you a free rock? Yeah, he did. Oh, so he is paying you. Okay, that's good. He's not exploiting you. He gave you a free rock. He might be sorry he gave it to me because I think this rock is something. This rock ain't shit, John. I'm so tired of hearing about this damn rock. This rock rock that looks like a triangle. I've seen a million rocks that are shaped like that. Yeah, it's kind of like shaped like a stealth fighter. Um, And I don't know if it was like a chopper or like a big knife or something. It doesn't look like much. Maybe it was uh, like a preform. It's too big to be handled by somebody. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I'm not sure that this is a tool. But I think this might be a preform to a tool, which is something that the indigenous cultures thousands and thousands of years ago, ancient man, all of the world did was they would quarry stones and they would trade them. And they were known as quarry blanks or trade blanks. And they would just carry these around from the quarry and then they would eventually either trade them or they would eventually make a tool out of them. But they all look very similar. And when I saw this, I thought, that looks like something that I found years and years ago that I thought was uh, some kind of a tool. that I And I, I thought it was so cool that I've always kept it as a paperweight on my desk. So I went home and I compared the two to one another. And they're exactly the same specifications. The one that I found is much, much smaller. Mike's is much bigger. But there clearly are something. John and I had a running debate about this all weekend. They're the same shape. They're both pointy rocks. Right. There's a million trillion pointy rocks out there because the thing about rock, John, is it can break, like it breaks along faults, like with wood grain and stuff. So you're always going to find similar shaped rocks. Right. You found it. It took you 20 years to find two pointy rocks. And now you're convinced they're both tools. Yeah, but that's that's that you're making my point for me. If 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 all the rocks were the same, then I would be seeing you know, uh, worked stone and artifacts everywhere. Mike's got a, a thousand rocks in his yard, and none of them are anything. But these were something, and they were put uh, over to the side for some reason. Either they thought they were interesting, or maybe they knew what they were. Hold them up again. Let me see both of these rocks side by side. Look at that. Look at that. Okay, so. 
you know what we'll do? We'll put this on Patreon. Patreon.com slash election profit makers. We'll post a photo of these two rocks. Yeah, I have no idea what these rocks are. And if are. anyone is an archaeologist or a stone expert or a rock expert, they can tell us if these are tools or just two rocks that happen to look the same. Yeah, they're, uh, they, I don't think they're tools. I think they're preforms. Like I don't understand what a preform is. It's just something that's not a tool yet, and it's made, oh, it's a and rock. It's gonna, You're talking about a rock. It's eventually. It's a, it, listen, if if I would be convinced that it was probably just a rock, if I didn't have another one absolutely identical to it. All right, we'll put them on Patreon. All right, it's really hard. You know, pictures don't really do it justice. I might have to upload. Oh a video my god, or it's two rocks. If the pictures do it justice, believe me, they're not machines. It's not like it's not. Like they have little blinking lights or printer cartridges that we won't be able to see in the photo. They're two rocks. We've still got more letters here that we've got to get to, but we'll get to them next week. We might, maybe we should just do a Patreon episode and bang out a lot of these letters. We haven't been great oh. during the holidays and everything responding to listener emails. We do love getting yeah. our feedback. Maybe we should do a Patreon where we just go through a million, a million questions. Not a bad idea. Well, classic cavalcade of questions. Election Profit Makers is an independent production subsidized by grants from the American Enterprise Institute, the Heritage Foundation, the Elizabeth Holmes Endowment for the Advancement of Science, Andrew Yang's Forward Party, the Federalist Society, SpaceX, and Joe Rogan's Badass Tough Guy Podcast Incubator. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash election profit makers. Send your election prediction questions and questions about pointy rocks to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. And rate and review us on podcastreviews.com or wherever you review your podcasts that will help us get new listeners and we need new listeners we crave a wider audience to share our wisdom and our questions right Mm -hmm. we have questions about this life about this reality so many so many questions john it was a pleasure as always talking to you listeners it was a pleasure as always being listened to by you we wish you a pleasant week and we'll talk to you uh, on our next episode of our podcast yeah see you next week Bye, everyone. Fresh, clean, smooth, and so fly. Say you fresh, clean, smooth, fly. Fresh, clean, smooth, and so fly. Say you fresh, fresh.